Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And that theme music is as good as ever. Probably Eddie and Matthew's favourite song, you would say. It's up there. It really is. Um, And just a big shout out today, the day we're recording, is actually Dennis Carnahan's birthday. So happy birthday, Dennis. And thanks so much for the uh, theme music. It's absolutely wonderful. It's, of course, the theme music to the third most popular Canberra Raiders podcast out there, coming from to you from a filthy storeroom hidden somewhere in Civic, the location of which we will never reveal no, the details of. I actually suggested a venue change this week, but you, you committed to this place. I'm committed to this place. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's part of the rats the and the cold and the ambience and the, you know... The, the stench. The stench, you know, whatever, it's good. We're also brought to you by the dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum. Get on there and get interacting. And, of course, by our primary sponsor, Landspeed Records. Come in and be served by people who think they're cooler than you. Um, and let's face it, they probably are if you're listening to this podcast. So, uh, this week we have a, a listener of the week, of course, as, yeah, as our tradition. Popular, popular new segment. It is a popular new segment. Um, it's been very good. And this week's listener of the week is Wanda, who uh, goes by the Twitter handle of Fishy Wanda. I can guarantee she's not fishy at all. She's very, very cool. In fact, she's so cool that when I got blocked by Buzz Rothfield for calling him a demagogue dinosaur, I don't know why I could possibly take offence to that. Apparently he's, he blocks people pretty regularly, so, oh, yeah, so don't a, feel too special. I also got blocked by Warren Smith, and I don't know why, because I didn't do anything to him. Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I thought he was one of the good guys. Yeah, he is. We've always got along really, really well, so I don't know why he blocked me. Maybe we didn't get along well. Anyway, but I, I needed some info from Buzz on a story, and I couldn't get through to him, so I wrote to Wanda, and Wanda then sent him out a request on tweet, asked him the question, and Buzz answered it, so that helped me with my article. So she's always been a listener. She's always out there, our Wanda. She's... A, die-hard Raider supporter and a die-hard supporter of this show. So, Wanda, you're our listener of the week this week. Good on you, Wanda. Yeah, absolutely fantastic stuff. Now, the Manly loss. Bummer. Disappointing. Uh, ugly game. Mm. Messy game. Mm. Scrappy game. Mm. You know, a lot of penalties. Yep. We were saying off-air, they're by and large justified. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. Either we have a lot of penalties mm. in the game or we allow you know, spoiling tactics. Yeah. And we kind of got both on that game the weekend. We got, we got, there were a lot of spoiling tactics. It was a very stop, start, yeah. slow yeah. game um, at the ground. It felt like, you know, it was just, just ball was out of play more than it was in play. Yeah, it was. Frustrating. Frustrating and, afternoon. And look, there's one thing that marks all sides that are presently in the top five. So we're throwing South into this. All sides in the top five are basically... As a major tactic, playing offside, holding players down in the play of the ball and trying to stop the opposition as much as they possibly can playing anything that looks like football. And here's the thing, we're in the top side, uh, in the top five, and when we played Souths, we all got upset about the Burgi giving away eight penalties in 17 minutes and stopping play to the point that they end up winning that match. But the, the reality, the lesson out of that was that that was the way the refs were letting the game play this year. And we had to start playing that game if we wanted to win. Well, we've been playing that game ever since. And we came up against Manly and Des Hasler. You know, everyone wonders where Manly's come back from the dead. Well, it's because the referees are playing it like that. And it's a game that Des loves playing. 
If you go back to 2013, when this whole thing really started up in a big way, you'll see the two sides that gave away the most penalties that year, the Roosters and Manly Ringer Sea Eagles, were the sides that were the two most penalised sides for the year. They also led in the least amount of tries. They also led in the least amount of line breaks because that's the game they played. Well, that's the game we're playing again because the Sydney bins got cut down. So while the penalties go, there's no real risk for it. It just lets you reset your line. You can get as mad as you want about it. You can say it should be another way, but it's not. We play that game too. So do the Seagulls. In a very tight contest, they won. Yeah, it's interesting because I remember around that 2013 season and, and uh, there were a commentator was saying, it's you know, strange the Roosters are on the top of the ladder, yet they're the most penalised side. And it's like, yep. do you not realise they're yeah. giving away penalties on purpose? Yeah, do you yeah. not realise where they're giving away their penalties? I've run an article about this for ABC and on the grandstand page that basically said they're deliberately giving away penalties and pointed out how that was their advantage. I was ridiculed. I was absolutely ridiculed in many sections. And now it's the... You'd be used to that by now, though, wouldn't you? Oh, you're completely (laughs) used to it. But, you know, I'm used to being ridiculed and then there being a good basis for that ridicule, but it really annoys me when I'm ridiculed and I'm right. You know, and no one ever apologises, Blake. No one ever. Especially you, you never apologise. No, no, it's not not my go. But offside and hold downs, that was the thing. You know, Manly weren't offside, onside all day. But you know what? Were we watching our own onside? No, we're not. We're watching the oppositions and calling out for theirs, which is our job. Our job isn't to call. There was a manly fan next to me that was. <laughs> was <laughs> you know. Get him back, Rev. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, Sunshine. Um, but the decisions. Look, at the end of the day, the decisions went both ways. I saw them go both ways, Blake. Yeah, I mean, just un- just unfortunate, just unfortunate. That rushing um, from the outside, though, that we seem to really struggle when teams do that against us. I can think of a, a number of times. And, and what Ricky said was, you know, we made the mistake then of still trying to go out wide yeah. when we really needed to try and just punch up the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or alternatively, when people rush, one of the best ways, I remember when the West Tigers um, got over the Roosters in, was it 2005 or 2004? Um, or one of the sides did, and the Roosters did that rushing umbrella that tried to yeah. smother the play wherever it was. The sides that actually got around them were the ones that moved the ball so damn fast and so wide that that rushing stuff could get exposed on the inside. But secondly, when it rushed, they chipped over the top of them. Yeah. And, and the or that is, close to the line. If, if Hodgson's grubbering for that yeah. close to the line rush, yeah. instead of throwing the passes that are yeah, you know, yeah. getting intercepted, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's probably another ploy that could work. Yeah. And look, we took options. Some didn't come off. Um, they got a few lucky calls. But we got a lot of lucky calls too. There were a lot of penalties that I saw in that match, which we got, and I thought to myself, gee, that was nice and favourable. Thanks for that, Ash. Thanks, Ziggy. That don't think I saw that, but, you know, if you're going to give it to me, give it to me. For example, we're going to go on about the, the Ruben Garrick offside. Sorry, the Jack Koseski. Yeah, he was. He was in the replay. I think everyone thought it at the time. Um, and, you know, it probably should have been requested of the touch judges or one of the refs to actually have that check, but it wasn't. Um, and he scored. But the other thing was, before Jared Croker scored his first try in the first half, there was a six-again call where the Raiders got the ball back. That was dead in front of you and I where we were sitting, and there was no question in my mind that was Manly's ball, and two plays later, we scored. That had exactly the same effect. You know, that had exactly the same effect in that match, and, and that's what we got to suck up. Again, we didn't lose by more than six. We lost by four. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a bad thing, but it was just a it was a bit disappointing. It's a, disappointing because the top three spot would have been absolutely locked up if we'd won that match. We've lost it, and now we've got to go to, you know, Shark Park. We go to the Toxic Swamp. Shark Park, mm. uh, Ramondas Stadium, mm. Caltex Field. Yeah, Endeavour Oval, LG uh, yeah. Superdome. Yeah, yeah, Duracoat uh, Roofing. Uh, um, 
Fisherman's Friend Fisherman Field. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> really? Was that one there? No, they were sponsored by Fisherman's Friend at one stage. Yeah, they've had, had, they've had there. the Sharks had an interesting um, sponsorship journey. Yes, yeah, yeah and it's never, it's never sort of they've never really locked down a sponsor for mm. a long time. There's never been a, a, a Penfolds or a mm. or a City Ford. No, no, or a Woodges or a Woodges. Ah, <laughs> oh, Woodges. This one's for you, Jim. <laughs> I'll never Remi- forget did, that we, did we mention Ramonda Stadium? Rem- yeah, we did remember Ramonda Stadium. Do you know what Ramonda is? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's trash. a garbage it's company. Garbage yeah. company yeah, that's right, which is pretty <laughs> fun. But you know what? I'd, I'd say Paul Gallen would 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 take that on board. And you've seen, of course, the uh, Paul Gallen Memorial jersey they're playing this weekend. Yes. It's a beauty. It's a collector's It's all item. about Paul, which is, you know, it's knowing good. Paul Gallen, it's very appropriate. Yeah, yeah. It, look, it's great. It's it, great. It lists some, like, every sort of achievement he's, yeah. ever, he's ever had. Yeah. Some of them are fairly, like, dubious, but anyway. Yeah, rent but you know what it's Paul it's on brand it's a, it is on brand and this is the thing about Paul Gallon and I've said it before and I will say it again the reason that Paul Grant, uh, Gallon is great is because he has never been he's never once pretended to be anything that he isn't yeah he has never put on airs and graces or pretended to be a good guy or not but he's never pretended to be the captain of a, a victorious side who is a brilliant player but never engages in in poor play like trying to you know do grapple tackles or injuring, you know, attacking the injury of a player off the ball, you know, in a dead ball situation or, you know, trying to put an opposite player's head in a vice during a tackle. He's never done that sort of stuff and he's then pretended. Picked it, he's picked at stitches. Yeah, but he's never done that stuff and pretended he hasn't done it. You know, yeah. he's he's always owned up to exactly I mean, who he is and what he, he does. He's, he's definitely got some skeletons in his closet. Oh, you know, totally. A few, few grubby acts and but questionable things relating to, you know... Supplements and, and and all the rest of it, but look, if he played for the Raiders, yeah. we'd all love him. Yeah, so yeah. you know, he's... and and he never pretends that his excrement doesn't smell. You know, he never pretends that he knows his excrement smells. He never tries to put that <clears throat> crap on with us, where he tries to play that he's holier than thou and above the damn game. You know, like certain other players who are captains of other clubs at this present moment, where we know they're filthy grubs. Paul yeah. Gallen doesn't insult us like that. He doesn't. So you know. As much as we've hated Paul Gallen and had some vicious stuff with him, and you know, like it's, it, there's been a lot of to and fro with him. I've got a lot of respect for the man. I mean, I want to see him beaten this weekend. I want to. Of see, course, that I, is Shark Park. Is uh, of all the football grounds I've been to, mm. it's only one time I've actually sort of been uh, feared for my safety a little bit, and it was Shark Park, the really? 2006 semi-final. Oh. It was brutal there. It was. Oh, we, we were basically getting chased out of the ground. Sorry, by right. people throwing stuff at us, yeah. Some friends of mine actually made a banner and uh, was was on the back of um, of Alan Tung's very successful 2006 season. Yeah, yeah. And it, it had these various boxes and it was um, uh, Dally M, Lock of the Year, Tick. Uh, Dally M, Captain of the Year, Tick. And then it had Sexiest Man in League, Tick. Yeah. And uh, they, they actually torched the, the Cronulla fans next to us actually burnt that banner at the end of the game. Is that right? As we, as we were sort of running out. People were slapping us on the back of our heads. It was, yeah, it was... It was full on. You're on the you're on the far on. side. I was in the grandstand up on the other side doing the broadcast. In yes. That match. No, well, there, I, I there was wasn't one, similarly worried. There was one pocket of it was sort like of the children fans. of the corn up in the top. It's all blonde hair and blue eyes up in the high yeah. areas in that stand, and it's very homogenous and uh, it's very very safe. Yes, so, there we go. We were on the hill. Yeah, no, we were on the hill. Well, don't there's a thing. The, the time I've been most I think that, I think was, I think the people that some of the people we hang out with might have been involved in a, in another. Incident in Cronulla, you know, another famous incident. They had that vibe. Yeah, I um, yeah, right. I um, most scared I've been in an opposition football was Belmore Oval. Uh, See, I've been to Belmore Oval. Uh, it was bad. It was rough as hell, and I was on the grandstand side, 
and I was trying to find a place to sit and um, and do stuff, and I was like literally being physically threatened wherever I went, you know, in my stuff, and I was with someone as well, another guy. And in the end, um, I saw a Raiders player who I knew who was injured at the present time, and I was able to go and sit in the players' area because yeah, right. I was actually quite concerned at that stage that yeah. I was going to get beaten up, and well, no one seemed to think that was a... Even at, even at the height of the... the this, I've been to Belmore, and I'll tell Belmore my story in a sec, but even the height of the, the Bulldogs being the, the roughest fans in league and all the troubles revolving yeah. uh, the Bulldogs in the mid-2000s, I, I met... A few games up at they were at, at ANZ mm. and look they were very very nice and very yeah. respectful. You wouldn't want to say anything negative to them yeah, yeah. or provoke them in any way. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, oh no, you're a loyal fan. You've come up from Canberra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're supporting your team, which oh, is what a... I've always found yeah. with the doggies fans too. Yeah, and they're Not like that day. No, and they're like, oh, you've got you know a, a old Woods original jumper. That's really you know they were really friendly. Mm, mm, mm. But yeah, I wouldn't have said anything to provoke them. The other my other Belmore stories in 1985. As a school kid, I went up on the Raiders supporters bus to a game at Belmore oh when God. the dogs were all playing there. And um, the man that actually ran the um, the supporters buses back then is is Tony, v- aka Victor the Viking. Victor the Viking. Yeah. And he actually said to us boys, "Now when we get to Belmore, just whatever you do, don't go to that end where the train tracks are because you yeah, might yeah. get stabbed." Yeah, don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> he said, "Just stay on the hill, you'll be fine." But that end, don't go to that end down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So no, we don't go there. <laughs> I don't go the hill either. If I, I just stay in the grandstand, and it's all all fine at Belmore. After that one, I was a bit worried. But, um, you know, for the 1994 grand final, I got we got our tickets um, out of a newspaper ad, which is how people used to sell their tickets back in the day. And there were two tickets almost dead on the halfway line. We paid overs for them and stuff like this. And when we got there um, and we had those tickets, we were dead in the middle of the Bulldogs fans. I mean, dead in the middle of them. And we're talking the hardcore Bulldogs fans, right? That was their supporter section of me and Mark are there in our green and stuff like this, and we were thinking, oh, no, what are we going to do here? And they were really good value. They were really good value before the match. They made us feel comfortable. They and then were... they left at half time, and you had all no, this. they didn't leave. They didn't leave. But you know what we did? We didn't rub it in. We didn't give them shit. We, we were respectful to them at all times, because that's what they did to us. They set the rules beforehand. We're going to be nice to each other. And I went, all right, we're going to be nice to each other. And, you know, I'm scared shitless, so, of course, I'm going to be nice. But then they did it. They were men of their words, you know, and it was... It could have been very frightening. So while it has been, Belmore was the most frightened I've ever been yes. in a football game, uh, that was the only time the Doggies fans um, have... If you remember the, the game at Bruce Stadium uh, after the Bulldogs lost all their points and mm. Bulldogs fans came down on mass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. There were some pretty scary ones there. Do you yeah. remember one particular banner that they had? At that? So they were all behind the, um, I guess, the southern end. They were yeah, all yeah. congregated at the southern end. And... Um, Steve Mordor actually went over there and told them to settle down at one point because it was getting really, Out they were hand. getting really wild and and there were death threats against Simon Wolford. Do you remember that? Because he said some remark, insensitive remark about their Simon fight. Wolford said something insensitive. <laughs> no, well, there was a banner, an enormous. I, banner. I, I will not hear of Germ saying anything insensitive. There was an enormous banner um, at the end and it said, "Wolford loves the cock." Of all the great banners I've seen at Bruce Stadium, that's up there. <laughs> yeah, that's a beauty. I do. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, subtle. I, I, I think there are still many of us out here in Raiders land who are, are still extremely confused as to why Simon Wolford was chosen over Luke Prittis. I will never understand it. Um, I've had it explained to me subsequently that in fact that uh, he would talk to Kevin Neal, whereas Luke Prittis yes. wouldn't. Kevin Neal worked in mysterious ways. Well, that one was just 
flat out dumb because Luke Prittis was a champion and he was here and he wanted to stay and it worked out well for him. Where did we send him? And initially Adelaide Rams, I think, or something like that. No, everywhere he went, he was successful. He was at Penrith, he was at the Broncos, he was successful at both of those. I think finished at the Georgia. Yeah, he was at Dragons, but he was a he was a great bloke and a great player, and I wish he'd been in green from the start to the finish. Um, Real loss to our club at that stage. Round about that same stage, we were jettisoning um, Cameron Smith from our juniors as well. So he made a lot of good choices there. Hi, Alan Sung here, former Canberra Raiders captain. And you know what? I don't really listen to podcasts, but if I did, I'd probably listen to the third most popular Canberra Raiders one, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Last game at the Toxic Swamp, it's getting knocked down after this. So, um, and we've got no Joey Tarpanay, and we've got no Joey Leilua for that as well. And it's a sellout. Yes. So it's going to be huge. Um, it's going to be an absolute massive game. How, how do you see it? Do you think we're any chance there, Blake? We're definitely a chance. I mean, it's going to be very, very tough. It's going to be a, like a, talk about like ugly, grinding, mm. dirty physical games. Yep. This is going to be. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be an absolute bloody cauldron. That's my vibe. If but, we win, you know, it's we're going to get away with it. Yeah. Fourteen, twelve, or it's going to be. It's going to be that sort of. It could be golden point. I think it's going to be a very close match. Well, look, the last time there was any more than... Um, it's been, you know, last season both matches were decided by eight points or less. This season the match was um, two points or less. But um, in 2017 we went up there and we beat them by 18 points. In 2017 they absolutely flogged us down at home um, yeah. by, God, almost 30, 20-something, 20 yeah, points. Um, but... You know, we've got a good record up there. 2016, obviously, we went up there and beat them 14-30. Um, well, it's a funny thing because that was one of those places where we actually had a bit like Melbourne for a long time there. We actually have a better record at their ground yeah. than, than we did at home. Having them. said that, last time we played them here where they usually beat us, we beat them. And last time we played them there where we usually beat them, they beat us. So, well, you know. So there's a good thing. Look, I, I, I think personally there there's... There's a lot of challenges. They got up front. They got Matt Pryor plays well against us. Jaden Braley, great hooker. Aaron Woods, who's actually playing football, that's remarkable. Wade he's Graham still, in the second row, who's the key. Yeah, I know. Up there, and if if he's not the most overrated, overpaid player in the NRL, he's in the top three. Aaron he's up Woods. there. He's up there. But uh, Nakora, who's the new second row, he's who's great. awesome. He's uh, Paul great. Gallon, obviously at thirteen, we know who he is. Chad Townsend's a fantastic um, halfback. He's just amazing here. Himself. Um, we know Sean Johnson if he turns up. Yeah. He's, he's just unstoppable. Well, he actually, I, I thought he was a bit quiet when he played us down here, but then when I yeah. actually rewatched the game and he, was he, pretty much, he pretty much set up there two tries. Yeah, I thought everyone was bagging him out. I thought yeah. he played all right. Um, yeah. Josh Morris uh, is is in the centres. He's obviously well credentialed. He's had a purple patch year. We got Zeri, who really owes us one after Jack White knocked him out of the game the first time round. We got Katoa on one wing, who's pretty handy. Uh, Mulatalo uh, on one wing, who, eh, but he, he's nice. No Saifeki. No Saifeki, no. Nice. Jack Whiten's old sparring partner. Yeah. Um, isn't he playing for someone else now? No, I think All he's right. in the extended. We've got so Dugan at fullback because Moylan's out. We've got Capewell on the bench who can play in the second row or on the wing. We saw he's good. Hamlin Ueli, who's Brilliant. fantastic Brilliant. front rower. Andrew Fafita, we know who he is. And Jason Bakuya, who won't leave anything there, you know, on the field. You will note that Matt Moylan is in 21 on the extended bench, so he may come Is that in. still from his concussion or he came back from his concussion and he's done something else now? No, I that's still he, his concussion. No, I think he's... Really? Yeah, I think he came back. I think he came back last week. I thought week that was his then, concussion. No, no, the concu- that was concussions like three weeks ago now. So. And we know about him. He can. He's like Sean Johnson. And imagine again, if, he's uh, yeah. Again, imagine he's, he's if in Sean the... Johnson and Matt Moylan both had on days on the same day. 
Well, Imagine how good they're in my top five overrated, overplayed players. Yeah. Matt Moylan's in there as well. Except so half on his half. day. Except on his day <laughs> when he's half, awesome. Pretty much half of the Sharks team is in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got Soliola, Hodgson and Papali front. We've got Whitehead and Bateman second row. Sutton at, at, at uh, lock, which is great. We've got, of course, uh, Caesar and Whiten in the halves. Kotrick and Croker in the centres, which I think is really good. Simonson's on one wing. Rappen is on the other. Nicole Klockstad at, uh, with the, the haircut. How do we feel about the haircut, people? Uh, disappointed. Disappointing. Disappointing. I mean, it was his trademark. It was his trademark, and, and I really and, liked it. And as as I said, when my son was at the game, he didn't recognise him because oh. he could normally little kids will look for a player yeah, with that trademark. stands out on the field. Yeah. And yeah, he, he was he wasn't sure who he was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Saliva Havili's back on the bench. I think it's a good match for him to come yes. back in. No, I'm, gl- I'm glad to see him, him back. I'm glad to see uh, him. Louis, who's been playing really good football. Uh, Horsburgh, who's been playing good football, and Hudson Young still in the seventeen. Made a few silly mistakes. Um, last match, but you know he's got a bit of mongrel about him, which is pretty good. On the extended bench, uh, Sammy Williams, uh, Gula, Oldfield, and let's not Stalin. talk about. I don't know why you want to talk about the extended bench because they every can week. come in. They can come in. The extended bench can come in. They're not likely to come in. No, they're not. But they're there, and they're they're there. So look, I think we match up well. I just think a packed house, Gallon's last game, the last game at Shark Park. I mean, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Look, if they win it, gee, they're on. Um, but it, it, it's going to be tough. Now you've been doing some uh, working out of the. Um... Well, I was doing I was doing the various ladder predictor the day off yesterday. Yeah. I was doing the various ladder predictor um, uh, permutations, yeah. as well as doing all my assigned household duties. So Abby, if you're listening, I, I did. I, it was only Ab- five Ab- minutes. Abby's only five not listening, people, <laughs> and there's no chance that Melinda is listening either. Just just as long as you know this, the reason one of the reasons we record this in a strange storeroom and buried somewhere in Civic is because our wives do not want this in their houses. <laughs> They're not listening. So yeah, he did his chores. Anyway, so I ran through. <laughs> I don't know how to make the whipped noise, but I would do that right now if I could do it. I but ran through. You could do it to me too. <laughs> I ran through the various uh, various scenarios, and um, most of them are still see us finishing third. I even had us losing um, this game against Cronulla, mm. and then beating the Warriors at home, which I mean, still no easy game. But I mean, if we're going to make any dent in the final I th- series, I think we have to. They've be got there. the cue in the rack. The Warriors. You'd have to think so. They got the cue in the rack. You'd have um, to think so. But I had in my various sort of scenarios, I had. Um, Manly beating the Storm, and even I, with that happening, I think they will. I think they will. Well, there are a good chance. Even with that happening, um, we still finish third. So that's. I mean, I won't steal your segment, but that's definitely a reason to be cheerful. No, no, no. no. It is a reasonably cheerful, and, and you know, like if we're talking about reasons to be cheerful, let's talk about reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. One, two, three. One win, and we're in the top four. You know, that's a reason to be cheerful, isn't it, Blake? Definitely. I mean, that, that's the thing. You know, if you'd said to us, any of us, at the end of last season, at this stage of the season with two matches to play, we had to win one match to be in the top four, I think most of us would have made a mess on ourselves. You know, yeah, and said, it, it, expectations are a funny thing because they, they can be very easily um, raised and lowered throughout mm. the course of a season. Yeah, and look, we just have to... It's the Bradbury thing. You need to be in that top four to be a chance to actually get there. And if you're still there and on your skates you can still come through. And I genuinely think we can beat anybody anywhere because this is the interesting thing. It's another reason to be cheerful. We have definitely played. It's like Rocky. You remember where, what was the old trainer for Rocky called? 
Burgess oh. Meredith was yeah, the actor. Yeah. What's his AKA name? the Penguin. Yeah, yeah, the Penguin. But oh, what's his bloody name? Mick. Cut me, Mickey. Mickey. Cut me, Mickey. 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 He said, <laughs> you know, he says, no, you got to teach them how to fight right-handed. And then it gets to the thing and said, go to Southpaw, go to Southpaw. And all of a sudden he goes back to his old, you know, bashing the meat in the lockers thing and he wins. We can still call Southpaw in this. We can still say, let's go for those tries. Let's go for the flashy Raiders again. It's still there. It still exists. We just haven't been playing it. And a reason to be cheerful is that's still there. And when we get to those stages where it is all or nothing, well, our all is still pretty damn good. And people are still thinking we're brawlers and street brawlers. Yeah, we can do that. We can do street fighting. But there's still a lot of flash out there. There's still a lot of capability to score those special tries. And that is definitely a reason to be cheerful. So... Um, Blake on the burst time? Uh, yeah. Blake on the burst. Okay, there's a couple this week. Oh. I'm on the burst. First one. You're really on the burst, the people. The first one this it, week. It, it, it is very much like a, a crusher, no crusher, Cleal coming through on the burst here. Let's go. First one, novelty jerseys. Mm. How do we feel about them? I hate We look like the Brumbies jerseys. on the weekend. It's not just that we look like the Brumbies. And there's been a, a great online debate about this all week, about how many times does anyone remember us winning well, in I a put, jersey? Well, I put the call out to, on Twitter. Yeah. And I got a lot of, lot of good yeah. responses from, from the listeners. But uh, generally, the consensus is that um, Ricky Stewart um, Foundation jerseys, yeah. we love them because we always win. We win in that one, yeah. The players are up. They want to do it for Ricky. The, but any other sort of... Go to hell. I never want jersey. to see the uh, the army one ever again. I don't, I think I, what was the jersey we were in that day? We got flogged no, by Melbourne Storm. Oh well, the, the jersey that we I think we got flogged by Cronulla in the army jersey one year. Yeah, but that was Anzac Day. But the one that that really stands out for me in terms of the novelty jersey curse mm. is the game against the Warriors in the Hulk jersey. I mean, oh, everyone loved the Hulk, Hulk jersey. jersey. I hated the Hulk jersey. Well, I loved the Hulk jersey until the end of that match, which now whenever I see it, I just shudder and I just. Think of poor old Campo trudging off the field in a pair of purple shorts, and then when he's sitting at the press conference next to Ricky, he's absolutely shattered. He never wore. I was in that press conference. Well, he never wore lime green again. Mm. That was his last ever appearance for the Raiders. So I it's sad. It. So let's not wear novelty jerseys. I mean, I know there's corporate considerations. I know there's everything else. But anytime we're wearing anything other than the pure green home jersey, yeah, yeah. I. I get nervous. I, I don't like them. I, I, I'm against it completely. I know they do it to sell more jerseys and to make money, but really we're making that much money that's worse, you know, have, having that... that Giving up two points for a cursed jersey? No. Do you know, of all the sort of bizarre um, alternative jersey stories, mm. do you remember in the early 90s when um, Manchester United came out? Oh, the grey jersey. The grey The grey jersey, and they were down 3-0 against Southampton. And they changed the half. And they the changed it, and <laughs> then they won 6-3. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they, yeah. they changed it at half-time because the players said that they couldn't... They couldn't pick out each other in this sort of mottled grey jersey. But yeah, that's that's my favourite story ever. It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful thing. Oh, man. Mind you, you have to talk about superstition. We lost a match once uh, when Ricky first started coaching back at the Raiders. And um, we lost a match and we were in the normal home dressing rooms, which the home team was always in, the ones right in front of the tunnel, which the home team always gets. We lost that match. Rick decided it was the curse of that particular change room and we changed the change room down the hall and we have never moved back never moved back you want to talk about superstition there you go there you go okay so Blake and the Burst coming through the second time yeah yeah butthurt Canberra Raiders fans oh butthurt Canberra Raiders fans preach well we didn't know what um, butthurt actually meant until people called us butthurt once on Twitter and then we looked it up but (laughs) (laughs) because we're too old to know these cool terms (laughs) apparently it's a term young people use but Yeah. yeah Everyone getting so up in arms about the Adam mm. Fanua Blake yeah, yeah. yeah crybaby thing yeah, yeah. at the end of the game. Oh, I liked it. Yeah. As Dennis Carnahan has said before, rugby league Happy is birthday, a sport. Dennis again. Yeah, it's a sport, but it's more than that. It's a drama, you know. 
It's a storyline. Mm. These are the things that make the games interesting, you yeah, know? And if, if John Bateman gives the wow-wow sign or the, the shush finger to the Cronulla fans yeah. after we beat them on the weekend, we're all going to be loving it. Loving We're it. going to be sharing the photos on we social will. media. We're going to be celebrating it. We're going to post it on our Facebook page. Yeah. And so if you get them prepared to dish it out, you know, you've got to be prepared, prepared to, to take, take it. it. Yeah. And and look, I, 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 know, I didn't enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like seeing it. But at the end of the day, whatever. It's part of the, it's part of the theatre and, the and look tapestry. And look, next time he comes to to Canberra Stadium, well, the fans are going to be giving to him. It's just going to add yeah. to the atmosphere. It's yeah. going to add to the event. Absolutely. It's going to add to the occasion. It's like fans want to like abuse players and mm. yell abuse and give them a finger. But if a player turns around and, and gives them the finger back, they want to be outraged. No, mm. just deal with it. Mm. Mm. I completely because agree. The alternative to that is going to a, to a Brumbies game, and you know you're up against some South African or Japanese team mm. or. Argentine team. Who the hell are they? Yeah, you don't know who any of the players are. They have no personality. There's nothing. It's damn boring. It's so boring. I'm, I'm all for this sort of thing. I'm all for Paul Gowan and, mm. and you know, all that stuff. All right. Well, that, that's some great, great bursting. I completely preach the quiet. Uh, how many times we agreed with each other on this particular podcast? It doesn't it's happen. It's getting frightening. Usually. It really is frightening. I guess if monkeys and typewriters, really, isn't it? Yeah. Monkeys and typewriters. Okay, <laughs> so... Steve uh, has come in on uh, on Twitter uh, to the question about you know um, you know what's grinding your gears you know what reasons do you have to be cheerful etc and he's come back you know what do we think uh, is our best pass to the preliminary final assuming we can't finish top for uh, um, top two yeah no assume we don't win in week one oh, okay. so he's he's presented here's the options one finish third roosters away we lose uh, six or seven at home win and then we get the storm away or option two. We finish fourth, we get the storm away and we lose. We play five, uh, fifth or eighth at home and win and then we get the Roosters away. Or three, finish fifth, eighth at, at home, um, then play South or Manly away and win and then Roosters away. Um, I personally like option one, finish third, Roosters away. I want to win that one, have a week off and then play a preliminary at home. That's our best thinking option. Yeah. But even if it's not, I prefer to finish third, have the Roosters away um, and lose, and then come back for the six or seven at home, and then go away to the storm. I think by that stage in the finals, um, the storm, if they're going to be vulnerable, it's going to be right then. You know, I think that's what it's going to be. What do you think? Prelim in Canberra would be whatever option that involves. That would be amazing. I, I but think we have to win. Third, do we beating, have to win? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think um, th- two versus three. We go up, beat the Roosters, come back here, have a prelim at home. I think that's that's our best option. That's at the dream. Stage. That's the dream. Having said that, if we got fourth, I. I think it's going to be very hard to go down to beat Melbourne twice in the same season at home. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I still think we can. Um, so that'd be, you know, very, very good um, in, in that regard. But um, yeah, look, I just want to win. And, and, you know, just quoting Coach Ricky, one game at a time. We're playing the Sharks this weekend. Let's not get too far in front of ourselves. Let's not get too far in front of ourselves. And this beeping is brought to you by Land Speed Records. Yes, that's the sound of a, a record being flattened. You know, a very nice um, Japanese record flattening machine. Ah, there you there go. You go. Warped so records, you, warped if, records, they're not gone forever. Yeah, if you have a warp record, bring it in here. And I actually do have a couple of warp records, strangely enough. Which um, We can't fix scratches, though. Dusty Springfield's uh, Memphis I, album? I, I Only Want to Be With You single from 1966, oh, right. genuine original pressing from the UK. Uh, <laughs> it is so warped, it is almost unbelievable. I'll see if you, if you can straighten yeah. that one, that'll be good. We'll give um, it a try. It'll be very, very good. But um, that leads us to our next segment here, which is uh, why we love John Bateman. 
Bateman. Bateman. Well, why do we love John Bateman? Well, there are so many reasons. Um, well, because he wants to get into the Sharks again. He loves getting into the Sharks. The Sharks are the sort of team that he understands. He understands the Sharks. and If he had, in an alternative universe, mm. ended up at the Sharks, he would have fitted right in. He would have fitted right in there. <laughs> he, he likes a good street brawl. He's up for the fight. He, he doesn't care who you are. He's prepared to take a few punches. He knows every now and then he's going to get knocked down. But you know what? He loves it. He'll get back up again and do it. And he's looking forward to see Paul Gallen and the mates down there because last time when they tried to stare him down, they realised they couldn't. And they sort of backed off because they thought to themselves, this one's not quite right. There's something not quite right here. Um, we're going to back down because anything could happen here. And his mate Elliot over there looks calm and retiring, but I have a feeling he's going to come in with a chair leg once the, anything starts. Here. Yeah, they're like, where's Sam Williams and, and Joe Craig? Let's yeah. get stuck into them. Let, let's run at the twin headgears again. I don't like these two English blokes. They look like they're up for it. Um, and, you know, that's one of the reasons we love John Bateman because he is puts people slightly unbalanced. Yeah, I had actually thought... Um, Oh, and because he'll be well pissed that we lost last week and he'll be really out there to, you know, get in. Yeah. I had a thought about John Bateman at the game last week and I just remembered back when he was first signed, Mm. um, one commentator suggested that maybe he was coming to play number six, which we knew at the time wasn't the case because Jack Whiten definitely Mm. was going to be Coach Ricky's plan was for Mm -hmm. him to play. But had um, the Jack Whiten experiment failed, had something else happened and Jack was off the picture... Do you think he would have made a fist at number six? I think he actually would have. Yeah, a different sort of number six, but it's a look. He doesn't die wondering, our Johnny Bateman. But he's got a bit of skill. He's got a bit of ball play. Oh, absolutely, he's not, he does. he's not as fast as Jack Whiten. But but I think he could have. I think he would have made a real go of it. He's tough as nails. You know that, that's the major thing. He's tough as nails, and that's why we love you, John Bateman. We love you. And 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 we got M came in on Twitter with this comment, Auntie M at Slippery Lou ninety six. Uh, Batty is a cheeky bugger. Always managed to do something that gets you on the edge of your seat. You know, and reasons to be cheerful, she says. Hope. Team has been amazing, and even if we don't get to the grand final next year, we'll be bonzer. Nice use of the word bonzer there, Em. Uh, gear grinding, bloody refs, consistent calls as I want. I sort of thought they were consistent. Consistently bad, but consistent. Yeah. But that does bring you up to uh, things that made me a little bit irritated, and you might say grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And you know what grinds my gears, Blake? You know what grinds my gears? Brain explosions from established players. In the yes. match against Manly, there's one thing that separated us from winning that match and not winning that match. And you can say that Ruben Garrick shouldn't have been touching down that ball because Gusewski was offside and it should have been called back. But it wasn't, and we have to deal with that. We have to play the damn whistle. I still am not convinced that Joey deliberately put his knees into Garrett's back. I'm not convinced. It was, you know, it was... It was la- it was lazy. It was lazy. It was more it was lazy clumsy. and stupid yeah. than it was malicious, but yeah. that's part of... Joey's problem, but this is the thing. It's those extra two points that meant in that last ten minutes. But even when he's when he's when the try scored and he's jogging up and it was right in front of where I was and at the last few seconds or second, I was thinking, Joey, don't do anything stupid. Yeah. Don't do anything stupid. Yeah. And he just Joey just he couldn't help himself. Look, and, and this he is just sort of thing. collapsed into him knee first. It was and just it was ugly is, and stupid. And this is what grinds my gears, Joey. We need you. We need you. Well, we've just the been field. saying that you know. Hopefully, he'd sort of moved on yeah. from. And it's just, From that stuff. We need you on the field. We need you to weave your magic. And it's these sort of things that really cripple us as a club. And I know you're feeling it. I know you're getting dressed down. I know all these sort of things are happening. But at the end of the day, I really want to, and I know a lot of our fellow Raider supporters, really, really, really want to be able to blame someone else when we lose. And we don't like 
you know, pointing fingers. As the coach has said to me many, many times, we win as a team and we lose as a team. And I'm going to damn well lose as a team. I'm going to suck that up and still be a Raider. And whatever decisions we made were there. But Joey, please, please, can I encourage you? Please make good decisions. Well, the next game he's potentially going to play in is a semi-final. And so this that's, is the thing. That's, you don't need, it's the last place you need a brain explosion. His genius and his ability is he's a game winner. And this is the thing about the Raiders right now. And it's another reason to be cheerful. Not that we'll play the music again, but it's another reason to be cheerful. When you go through the Raiders' side on the field, the match winners, people who individually can do something and can win a match, are quite an enormous in comparison to other years. Hodgson can win a match. Papali can win a match. Whitehead can win a match. Bateman can win a match. A Caesar can win a match. Whiten can win a match. Kotchik can win a match. Croker can win a match. Simons can win a match. Rapana can win a match. CNK can win a match. Um, you know. And, and on it, the extended and, bench. And, and, and Lua <laughs> can win a match. And on the extended bench. Yeah, no, they probably can't. But no, Sammy Williams has been known to do a few things. He's kicked but a field goal in his day. These are all the players who can do something special. Can, can, but can we Joey Lua is one of those players who can do something special. He can do those amazing flick passes. He can do the great tries where we really need him to be there. And he has to be on the field and doing good things, making good choices for us to win. Can we just talk about Nick Kotrick for a moment? Very briefly. Okay, coming into centre position, hopefully we're going to see a big game from him. Because yep. really, when you think about this is the year um, that he made his debut for the Blues, finally. on the yep. wing. This is by far his worst season. Of the three years he's played, this has been by far his worst performance in his worst season. And um, I think he's struggling. And I think he's really got a lift. Do you know how many tries he's scored this year? No. Less than Josh Papali. Well... Nick he's got, got three. He's got three tries well, out of seventeen games. And here's the good thing about that. Here's the good thing about that. He's, he's got cut. the same amount of tries as Aiden Caesar, who is who is by no means a prolific try scorer. And you watch Nick Kotrick explode into this last end of the season to take us home. Nick Kotrick has everything I have. Wishful thinking. In, I know. I have thorough belief in him. He is just. He was just I love him. He's one of my favorite players. And, and waiting hope, I'm saying hopefully he will lift. The other person that's this is a new segment. Who's going to lift? Mm. We, I didn't go over this beforehand, but I'm just introducing it on the run. Oh, should I still a theme music? Who's gonna lift? <laughs> Who's gonna um, lift? Croak is kicking. Again, I've I've been saying it for a few weeks now. You're rolling your eyes at me. He should have kicked that uh, when they scored the try in the second half and he hit the post. If he kicked that goal, he should have kicked that goal. You're living that in was the past, a, man. That was a, living in the past. But that was a real game changer too, because in the in the dying moments, um, when I go when back Manly, again, Joey. Shouldn't have given away the eight-point try. But and when, that when, doesn't matter. When Manly had to play and set the sin bin and we were on the all-out attack, I was like, they may as well just keep on giving up penalties at this oh, point. And that's what they were doing. Yeah, because and we're not going to take the two because we need four. Yeah, I know. But if they, you know, if he'd kicked that early goal, we would have definitely got at least one penalty in that last few minutes, and the game would have gone to golden point. I, know, I completely agree. And if you read my article in the Raw at this present point, I don't I, read I'm your article. No, I know you don't, and <laughs> I don't buy your stinking record. So you know, we're we're even, aren't we? Yeah, there we go. Anyway, you have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I am the Pork. I'm Blake, and Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And did I tell you what I asked my family to get for me? No. Todd Carney's book, they thought I was joking, but no, no, I seriously want it and I'm getting it. Oh, and, and before we go, a really big good luck to longtime listener, a devoted Raiders fan, Craig Norenbergs, who has produced uh, New Zealand Sky Sports' first uh, Sky News going through. It's launching on Monday. Best of luck. I know you'll kill it, and I know you're taking the Raiders forward in the, the land of the long white cloud. Good on you. Again, you've been listening to Raiders to do with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we'll rant at you soon. 
Blake and the Bulldog. Blake and the Bulldog.